Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one, verses one through five, called, He Gave Himself for Our Sins. These Judaizers, in quotes, were so dangerous because they came behind Paul and they said, no, that gospel of grace is not enough. You need to convert fully over to Judaism and keep the food laws and so forth. I will say to you at the outset that there are many Messianic believers, some, some Jewish believers in Messiah don't like that term, but I'll just use it for the sake of keeping things simple. There are Messianic congregations in our city today. Uh, we have fellowship with them. They keep the Torah. What do I mean by that? They practice the Sabbath on Friday at sunset till Saturday at sundown. They don't eat pork. They uh, honor the seven feasts uh, of Israel. And, uh, but they do that knowing that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that. I am not making commentary on that. I believe that that's just fine. If, you're, if you have a Jewish heritage and you have a Seder Passover meal at your home every year, don't stop. Don't stop that. There's not evidence that early Jews stopped celebrating the feast. They just knew how they were fulfilled. And they knew the depth of meaning that now uh, was incorporated within those celebrations. For those of you who have ever been to a Seder at, at this church or somewhere else, you know the beauty of seeing the fulfillment in the matzah and in all that uh, is part of a Jewish Seder meal. So this book, we have to be careful as evangelical Christians that we, we don't say to Jewish people, oh, you got to stop. No, no. Tonight, you're invited, by the way, to a Messianic congregation on California, uh, Beth Shalom, and they're going to honor tonight the Feast of Tabernacles, and they build shelters, literally tabernacles, in their parking lot. If you want to go tonight, you're invited. It's on California. It's Beth Shalom. Some of you met Rabbi Robert, and they've invited our congregation out. I would encourage you to go. I would encourage you to interact with them and see the shelters that they build, but they know that the Messiah is the fulfillment of that. That's not the issue. The issue is salvation. Please hear me well. The issue is how is one saved? Do you have to build a, a shelter and honor the feast to be saved? No, you don't. You're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one should boast. Keeping Torah, if you have a Jewish background, is just fine, but don't think that by keeping that, that is what saves you. The celebration is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. And so the first verse of Galatians, and this is why you guys can already see Pastor Michael's only doing five verses, right? <laughs> like, Pastor Michael, we're not surprised at all. This is what you do every Sunday. Okay, I understand. Anyway, <laughs> Paul, an apostle, Galatians 1.1, not sent from men nor through the agency of man. Now, with that backdrop, do you know why that opening statement is so important? Because what were the Judaizers saying about Paul's gospel? Paul made it up. This cannot be what God says. 
We have, we have the Old Testament. We have our feasts and our food laws. And we have this and we have circumcision given to Abraham in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. And, and this, is, this is important and this is what, what we have to keep. And this Paul, he's out to lunch. I don't know what happened to him on the road to Damascus. I don't know what he saw or where he went. But, and, and yeah, he was trained under Gamaliel and whatever else, but no, no, no. This, this gospel is not from God, brother, sister. Here's what you really need to do. So the opening verse of Galatians is Paul saying, where did his gospel come from? Where did his call as an apostle come from? It didn't come from man. It came from where? It came from God. That's why the opening verse is important. Paul is saying, look, my call, verse 1, I'm an apostle. Literally, I'm one sent out by God on a mission to represent him is the idea. Uh, this apostleship is not from the agency of man, but it came through Jesus Christ, would you notice, and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, scholars like to say that the resurrection is the beginning of the new age, if you will, the age of the gospel, the fulfillment of the types and shadows of the Old Testament. But would you notice the order here? Often it will be God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in Paul's letter, but here, letters, but here, Jesus Christ and God the Father. This exalted status of Christ, don't just skip over it. Jesus is putting, uh, Paul is putting Jesus in an exalted place as one with the Father. He is elevating his person. He is, uh, if you will, pointing out his divinity. It came through Jesus Christ, Paul's call. His fall was all part of his call. On the road to Damascus, what was Paul doing? Well, in the, uh, some of the early writings, you have the idea of what's called a shaliach, I think is how you pronounce it. And they even had these for the Sanhedrin. And they would send people out as a representative of the religious leadership of Israel called the Sanhedrin. And uh, they would send him out on a mission. And if you were a shaliach, you, you were a person who represented the group or an individual. And you could even give a marriage proposal to someone on behalf of the one who sent you. And if you did something wrong and it was within the confines of your mission, you, the person who sent you could be responsible for your behavior. You were like an ambassador, if you will, representing a country or a person. This is the idea of, of an apostle. When Paul says, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I'm representing what he did in my life, how he called me, and what he commanded me to preach. My gospel is not from me, it's from him. Would you skip down in chapter 1, verse 11, take a look. I would have you know, brethren, Galatians 1.11, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. It doesn't have human origin, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. My gospel is from a divine source. My apostleship is a divine calling. The content of what I preach is from a divine source. And I know most of you know that when Paul was going out with letters from the chief priests in Acts chapter 9, his intention was to destroy the Christian church. And there he was on the road to Damascus and he saw a bright light 
brighter than the noonday sun, and he got knocked down, knocked off the beast, most likely, that he was riding, whether it was a donkey or a horse. He was knocked to the ground, and a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, that's Paul's name before he becomes what we know, Paul. Let me just park here for a second. Saul was the name of the first king of Israel. That's who Paul was named after. He was named Saul, right after the first king of the nation of Israel. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. And he was one, you know, this idea, I think, of Saul's name, if I recollect correctly, is like uh, called for. And it has this, Saul was uh, tall and handsome. He was head and shoulders above the rest. This is the description of the early, the first king of Israel. You know what Paul means? It's a Greek name. Paul means little <laughs> and there's an application here and don't don't apply it to my height all right stop that for those of you who are pastor michael's kind of little i take that very personally but anyway it's all right but here's the deal paul or saul went from big to little and in the kingdom of God, if you want to be big, know that God is opposed to the proud, but He gives grace to the what? To the humble. If you want to be elevated in God's kingdom, get low. See how low can you go. And then He'll exalt you at the proper time. Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. You see, Saul had to fall to become this instrument that God would have him to be. And so many of you can understand this because it was through a major moment in your life, a milestone of a near-death experience, a car crash that you shouldn't have survived. Something happened to you. You hit a low. You thought you were going to die. You thought your life was over. You thought this would, this would never happen and that would never happen. And he saved you. Amen? Uh, you know, when I share these words, this is me. This is where I was. I didn't think I'd ever have a family. I thought I was dust. And I was only in my, around 20 years old when these thoughts were coming to me because of the choices that I was making. And I made some deals with God in some of those moments, like, Lord, if you get me out of this one, Lord, if you get me out of this one. And he did. And, you know, I had no idea what I was in for, folks. <laughs> but for the last three decades, he's been trying to show me to get small so that he can be big in my life. Oh, it's a battle. I want to tell you about a great story. There was a young man who broke into a church in Arkansas. He was high on uh, alcohol and drugs. He did $100,000 worth of vandalism damage to this church. Let's throw up the photos. I want you to see... Uh, these are photos of him in the church. Uh, Frank Sontag shared this story on Friday on KKLA. He's high, uh, drug-induced, and he, he ends up taking the church soundboard and throwing it over the balcony. When he was done in there, he tried to set the church bus on fire. Uh, he caused $100,000 worth of damage. Obviously, he was caught. He was arrested. Let's go to the next photo. Six months later, in the same church, he was baptized.
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. He did $100,000 worth of vandalism damage to this church. Let's throw up the photos. I want you to see, uh, these are photos of him in the church. Uh, Frank Sontag shared this story on Friday on KKLA. He's high, uh, drug-induced, and he... He ends up taking the church soundboard and throwing it over the balcony. When he was done in there, he tried to set the church bus on fire. Uh, He caused $100,000 worth of damage. Obviously, he was caught. He was arrested. Let's go to the next photo. Six months later, in the same church, he was baptized. The pastor of the church in Arkansas, and you can look up this uh, later on the internet, uh, went to the court on his behalf and asked for leniency. The young man chose a recovery ranch where he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Six months after he committed this crime, he's being baptized in the same church that he vandalized six months before. That is the grace of God. Amen? In Acts 26, Paul is before King Agrippa and he says, So then I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This is Acts 26, 9 through 11. This is just what I did. In Jerusalem, not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And many of us, who've studied the book of Acts, can think of the the stoning of Stephen when Saul was standing there. He says, King, I punish them often in all the synagogues. This is before Saul, Saul before he became Paul, a Christian. I tried to force the Christians to blaspheme and being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. Multiple times in the book of Acts, Paul shares his personal testimony, and he says, 
to different uh, political leaders, this is, I hated Christians. I hated Christ. I hated the church. My sole goal was to destroy it. And the man who hated Christianity became its chief spokesman and penned two-thirds of the New Testament letters in our Bible. That's grace. Grace, simply to find a beautiful word in Hebrew and Greek, Hebrew is ken, C-H-E-N, ken, you guys, you say it. And in Greek, it's charis or charis. And grace is the goodness of God. It's the benevolence of God. It's unmerited favor. Grace is a word that speaks of God's loving kindness in action. It is embodied in Jesus Christ, the face of grace. It's a wide definition. Grace is not just simply unmerited favor. It's the goodness of God, the benevolence of God, His steadfast has said or loyal love on display, expressed in my life, saving me and graciously keeping me. This is grace. And this is what God does. Some of you may have heard the story that there was a Dallas uh, police officer, female police officer, who worked a double shift and she came home to her apartment building apparently tired and uh, maybe a little bit uh, off because of how much she had worked and she unfortunately entered an apartment that was one floor above hers. She entered the wrong apartment. She saw a young black man in the apartment. It, it was his apartment. He was simply just watching a football game. And sadly, I don't know what went down there, but she shot and killed this young man. He was 26 years old. And so the story was a big story because it was a white officer killing a young black man, and we know all the stuff that's gone on with that, and, I, and I'm not going to go there for uh, this morning because that's not the essence of why I'm sharing this, but I will tell you this, that uh, what happened next in a courtroom is such an incredible display of grace by the younger brother that I thought it, it would be worth us watching what he did as he speaks in a moment where he can share a personal testimony about what happened, and he addresses the woman who killed his brother. What you or how much you've taken from us, I think you know that. I don't want to say it twice or for the hundredth time what you or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just I hope you go to God with all the all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I I forgive you and. I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone can say, again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I, see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but 
I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's, what, that's exactly what both of them want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. You know how old that young man on the stand was, is? He's 18. His 26-year-old brother was killed. You want to talk about grace? Wow. You've been listening to He Gave Himself for Our Sins, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1, 1 through 5. And remember, you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. And while you're on the website, would you please consider giving a small donation? As you may or may not know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. It's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. And look, we know times are uncertain right now, and you may be out of work. Or maybe you're a new listener and you just came across this station. In that case, we'd ask you maybe not to give. But if you've been listening to this show for a while, would you please consider donating just $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation is going to go a long way to help keep this ministry going. So you can give that donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, this is certainly a time when a lot of people are angry and venting frustrations and sharing points of view. And you may be asking the question, well, how can I show people grace when I have a lot of anger within me? You know, you can go on social media for about 20 minutes and start to get angry. You can watch the news for probably about five minutes and start to get angry. And uh, you can especially maybe get a little riled up if your point of view is not being represented. And uh, boy, you know, this gets tough. And sometimes we say, Lord, how, how can I show grace? The gospel's all about grace, but how do I show grace when I'm feeling tension in my soul? Well, one of the greatest things that we can do is to share the gospel, not only by speaking out the gospel, as powerful as that is, but by trying to live the implications of the gospel. You say, Pastor Michael, what do you mean by that? Well, the gospel has implications and the implications are to your speech and your behavior and the way you treat other people. See, the gospel is articulated in Bible preaching and street witnessing and sharing with a friend. But the gospel is also lived out in the way that you behave. You know, we've heard the old quote, 
you know, share the gospel wherever you go. Use words if necessary. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes our lifestyles don't reflect the gospel. And you might say, well, Pastor Michael, how would my life reflect the gospel? It would be walking like Jesus walked. It would be sharing the love of Christ. It would be about going around doing good so that you get a bridge to share the gospel so that you earn the right to be heard. What a concept. And I think in our modern age, this is what people are asking for. They're saying, hey, let me see Jesus in you so I can hear about this Savior that you believe in. And I think a little bit more of that in the church would have a great, great impact. Well, I'm so glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And if you do need prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about anything you're going through, we're here Tuesday through Friday in our church office at 844-48-TRUTH. And we have a team of pastors, 844-48-TRUTH, who would love to pray with you. You can also send in prayer requests on our website, which is walkintruth.com. Hey, a quick reminder, we have a Wednesday night service that live streams at 7 p.m. Pacific time each Wednesday night. We're going through the incredible book of Ezra, a very timely book about rebuilding and reestablishing the things of God and revival. You can check this out when you search Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube or visit walkintruth.com and click on the church tab and you'll end up at our YouTube page. That is walkintruth.com. Click on church. And we will see you tomorrow. God bless you and yours. Join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one called He Gave Himself for Our Sins. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.